Hi, I'm Amelia and I like Teslas because they travel really smoothly. Welcome to the New Zealand All That's Tesla podcast. Way back in 2015, I recall being invited to a forest and bird lecture in Timaru by Jeff Key. Jeff spoke about the way that a warming climate would affect New Zealand's species. I was wowed by two particular points that Jeff spoke about, one being the increasing temperature leading to the hatching of only one gender of Tuatara, a pending extinction, and the other, the effect of CO2 on the ocean, decreasing its pH level and making it harder for shellfish to keep hard shells, the effect on plankton, and ultimately, the massive effect on the food chain. So, when I listened for the first time to Alex's interview with marine biologist Mary Cyril, it reminded me that our fossil fueled transport emissions are not only affecting our planet's temperature, but also the living environment of the other two-thirds of the planet that we rarely experience. Mary says that apart from buying electric vehicles, there are some other very easy steps we can take to make a big difference. Okay, so I'm here today with Mary Sewell, and we're bringing some gender balance to the podcast, in in Mary's words, not mine. Mary's topping up her Model 3 before a trip back to Auckland, so it was very fortuitous I could catch her here in the Bay of Plenty. Um, Not such a happy time, I suppose, because uh, you're down here, aren't you, for your your aunt who's Yes, she's in hospital. She's unfortunately just had to have her right leg amputated or below, below knee amputation so she's in, in rather poor spirits at the moment so I brought my elderly parents down for a quick visit and we've just had a lovely lunch and, and taken her for out in the sun so she's a lot happier now. Oh that's good to hear I mean it is a nice sunny day today well with showers of rain of course but that's to be expected so I'm glad that you were able to uh, to do that to, to bring your, your parents down is that all four of you in the in the model three yes yes and it's extremely comfortable for for traveling and um, my sister still won't do any of the uh, autopilot things um, and so uh, but we share the driving uh, to and fro so I'm driving home tonight because I'm more comfortable letting the car drive in the dark oh, I see is. so that's that's how we split the the driving so she does the drive down and I do the drive back but I let autopilot do quite a bit more of it. That's interesting actually and that gives us something to talk about because I, the uh, same thing with my partner, my, my partner won't use autopilot at all so we share our driving on longer trips and I find that really good for safety um, but when it comes to autopilot yes I use it on expressways, I don't tend to use it much on roads that aren't expressways, <laughs> how do you find it? No, on, I, on uh, yeah um, I don't use it uh, that, I have um, full self driving so I've got the navigate on autopilot but, which is actually quite good right. um, and okay. so um, so for, the, for that driving, especially once I hit um, the Bombay Hills I let the car drive itself pretty much all the way in the, uh, the half an hour or so drive back to Auckland and that often is, is the last part of the trip for me because I live in Auckland and so yes. that's when I'm getting tired it's often when it's really dark and especially when it's rainy I honestly find the car does a better job than me oh that's because keeping to lines and you know and everything like that so yeah well that's great to hear I'm, re- I'm really glad that you're you know getting some value from that fsd package it'll only ever it'll only get better i mean there's constant improvements being made and i think their new vision approach is is, is probably a great thing let's just uh, go back a step so you're um 
Auckland based, but you're a highly qualified, very intelligent person. You, you're you're a lecturer at the yeah, Auckland I'm a University? professor in marine biology at the University right. of Auckland. Yep. Uh, and uh, a lot of my research is on the effects of climate change right. um, on the oceans, which yes. people know less about than, than other parts of, of climate change, especially with respect to weather. Right. Um, and so for me, uh, buying the car was part of my trying to be more sustainable and having less impact on the environment all right. collectively. So that was just part of the whole package. So is it the CO2 directly that sort of acidifies the ocean? What, what actually happens Yeah, to... so CO2 dissolves in, in seawater and, um, and when it does, it causes this um, reaction with water to uh, cause something called carbonic acid. And it's a very brief, it is, is there very um, briefly and then it breaks up into the hydrogen ions, which make the pH go lower. Um, uh, and then um, uh, it affects anything that's got a shell. Now, we know carbonic acids. If, if you've done a burp after drinking a um, carbonated <laughs> beverage or, uh, or with hops or without hops, yes. um, you'll often have that really kind of metallic taste in your mouth. If you've right. ever had that, that's carbonic acid. And oh, it's there just fleetingly, yes. um, but that's, the, that's why it's called ocean acidification. Because yes. even though the oceans aren't going to become acid, they become more acid than they are now. Yes, oh, I see. So... Well, thank you for putting that in a in a, in, a uh, t- in terms that any of us can understand. I think that that's that's very good. So, do you see electric vehicles as having a, a, a positive impact on this, uh, you know, on the problem of CO two and things? Well, I think CO two emissions come, you know, from a variety of um, places, and obviously this is one place where you can reduce your footprint. And collectively, if a whole bunch of people are using electric vehicles, then we would have, as as most of the um, CO2 in New Zealand is transportation costs or yes. cows yes. and sheep so <laughs> so if we can the cows and sheep we can address by having lower stocking numbers though the yes. farmers don't really want to do that no. sorry any yeah. Tesla <laughs> farmer owners here sure. um, but um, uh, yeah transportation if we can get CO2 from transportation lower then that's yes. good for everybody yes I absolutely agree I think uh, I think it's an easy it's one of the low-hanging fruit really I mean for, for people like myself who are in the market for a new car or a you know high-performance car I think the ability to replace a highly CO2 emitting high-performance car with an electric car and particularly for someone who does quite a lot of kilometers you know I've covered about 45,000 k's or something in my car um, at the moment and so I feel that you know this has made well as much of a difference as I could have made put it that way and so I think if everybody takes that approach and just does what they what they can to the greatest degree then I think that's yeah Yeah, but there's lots of things that we can do that are really really simple and the simplest thing you can do to reduce your carbon footprint other than owning an electric vehicle is to not waste any food that is the as a huge um, amount of CO2 comes from food waste because as soon as you put it in the rubbish bin and it goes into the landfill then it starts to break down and it causes CO2 and methane which is a worse greenhouse gas so if you that's that's um, people well, say. That's oh, I personally can't do anything, and I'm like, no, you cannot waste food because all of yes. the um, uh, petrol or whatever that was goes into its production with the tractors, you know, yes. um, plowing the fields, the truck taking it to the market, the, yes. mar- the, the supermarket buying it, and, yeah. and then you taking it from the supermarket to your house. All that yes. CO2 is wasted if that yes. broccoli goes yellow and you put it in the bin. Yes. 
I think that's an excellent point, actually. I'm, I'm glad I asked that question of, you know, do you see electric vehicles as um, significant? I know it sounded an odd question to ask, but I think you've really hit the nail on the head that it's not the only thing that we can do. There yeah, are so many and the other... the other thing that people um, are starting to talk a little bit more about is um, not buying cheap clothing. So that because yes. the, the cost of manufacture, and I'm sure Ben is aware of that, <laughs> um, yes. uh, is that it's actually better to buy something that is going to last long or repair it than buy something that's cheap and is only going to last for a few wears because all that cotton cotton goes into landfill and all that produces um, co2 and and methane too so that's another thing you can do plus uh, as my partner ben would would tell you you help to support the new zealand fashion industry if you avoid buying fast fashion from overseas (laughs) okay so that's no that's very interesting to think about the sort of it's really waste isn't it? it it's it's so when we drive a petrol vehicle there's a lot of waste heat in the exhaust i think of that sort of thing because i'm a car person but you see a bigger picture i think with in terms of waste not only in transport but also in in food and, and in everything else so that's very interesting and and thank you for uh, drawing our attention to that um i do want to talk about cars though because i am yeah. a bit of a petrol head so uh what's um most highly intelligent qualified people not generally into cars so give me a little of your car history what, well what I'm, I'm sort of um, I, I uh, started off with like a whole bunch of really crappy old cars because I was a graduate student and doing yes. my PhD and so yes. they were kind of like I actually owned a uh, during my PhD, a Ford Pinto station wagon that was like it was 1977. That it must, was have been in, must have been in the US. Yes, it was. Surely. It was in Canada. It was in Canada, oh, but like it had Canada, right. it had um, fake wood paneling along yes. the side, and yeah. um, uh, it had uh, orange and brown plaid seats uh, cover. It was really, really ugly. It was I'm, the ugliest car ever. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I back in 2019 when I ordered this car, I thought. What have I done? Because American cars are dreadful, aren't they? For for you know for for excessive uh, fashion and uh, strange excess of anything really. So it is it is fascinating to think how much things have changed. How we have such a modern universal product now, where where once upon a time the U.S. cars were. Uh, pretty special yes, yes. that and was also I, the renown the model renowned for bursting into no flames. no because i no? had the station wagon and oh, the station wagon had the <laughs> petrol wedding on the side so i didn't have that but unfortunately it was a casualty of black ice i don't know if you've ever driven black yes. ice but it's yes. like suddenly one minute you're driving and the second minute you're off Not. the road yes. and yeah and, and it, it was a it broke the windscreen and this whatever strut up yes. there yes, got yes. too damaged to replace the windscreen so i right. i sold the car for 65 canadian dollars which was yes. enough to get me a bus ticket back to Vancouver, which is where I needed needed to go. But yeah, right. it was a sad tragedy. So yeah. the the Tesla is the first new car I'd ever had. Uh, the cars I had when I returned um, to New Zealand after my studies overseas were um, were lease cars, ex lease cars. The first one was a, a Toyota Corolla. Um, Very wise. Yeah. And the, and the next one was a Subaru Forester, which I had, which is the car that I sold before I bought um, this one. Ah. And um, I, I wasn't really thinking about electric vehicles because my family has a um, holiday home on the Coromandel. And I needed enough range to be able to get from Auckland to the batch without um, needing to charge. And at the time, um, nothing was Not on options, the market. Yeah. There weren't very many options. Yeah. One of our friends at the beach had a Model S and I foolishly agreed for him to take me for a test drive um, uh, at Easter in 2018 and yes. um, 
I did a little drive with him in that and he's like oh go and do a test drive at Tesla and that was when Tesla was further along K Road than they are now on actually on New North Road then and and so I, I, I test drove a Model S and you know he, this was quite early it was quite easy to get a test drive at that stage and um, the guy took me for a drive across the Harbour Bridge and then we came back and along the the 16 to Point Chev and then we came back to the thing and we did a he did a little auto um, you know self-driving around one of the motorway off-ramps which was a bit freaky for me but I was like okay this, is, this looks interesting and then yeah when I got back I was like oh, okay I'll put the $1,500 deposit down Wow! and so that was in April of 2018 and then of course I had to wait a long time to get the car but that was fine enabled me to do the Tesla stretch they call it where you have yes. to and so I was able to save up quite a bit of the money for the car before I actually so got the, it. So the reservation you put down was for a Model 3 rather for a model than a Model 3. Yeah, okay yeah. right. Because as, as we talked about outside the car a Model S doesn't fit in my garage with all the all the bits and pieces dive gear and bikes and camping gear and everything else that fill up my garage if I had the Model S in there I would have no room for all of that so absolutely yeah. uh, though I must say I wasn't sure that the Model 3 would fit either and I did get out with the various measuring tapes and got on the internet to find out what the dimensions were and sort of worked out can I get it into the and I didn't think I could but I didn't realize at that time that the mirrors would fold and so with the, <laughs> with the mirrors being able to fold it actually is a lot easier I'm very impressed by your, your calculating nature, the fact that you, you didn't take any, any risks really, uh, well, you knew exactly what you were, you were getting yeah, into. Yeah, I'm trying to be quantifiable, so That's that was one. all. Yeah. Quantifiable, yes, a scientific approach. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, I had a background once in electronics engineering and I, I think that give, gave me more of an appreciation for what Tesla have achieved from an electronics yes. point of view. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I do like to understand you know, what's going on below the skin. Yes, but I must say I'm, I, I'm, I'm still baffled by a lot of this electricity. Physics was one of my worst subjects. So <laughs> I, I learn a lot from the uh, Facebook page, but then I immediately forget it. And so I'm glad a lot of people keep answer, asking the same question <laughs> so I can be reminded, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's kilowatt hours, not kilowatts. Oh, yeah, I know. All that. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll always be there to uh, correct yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that probably wraps it up. I'm fascinated to hear your, your Tesla story. Thank you very much for sharing it with us today. Yeah, yeah, it's quite funny because I, I think uh, a lot of the early adopters, you know, they, there's people, oh, we have to wait so long. And I'm like, I had to wait like a year Longer. and a half. Yeah. And I'm, I know that there's people who waited, you know, three years um, so for, for how long did you wait? I was very lucky, really. I had a reservation from about January 2019 and then the car was officially announced as being available to order in about March or so and I got my order in on April the 1st or whenever it opened and then I actually uh, I cheated because I changed my order you can see I've got the white interior this wasn't initially available so when they announced this in June I changed my order to that and I got my car in September so really yeah, I think it was all it was all about right, and I don't feel that I had to wait an extremely long time. Other than the fact that I first test drove a Model S in about 2018, some time early in 2018. So, like you, I decided the Model S wasn't for me, and that I would wait until the smaller model um, became available. So, and, well, what date yeah. in September? Did you ah, get the, the end of September 30th. Ah, so I'm before yeah. you, because I was September 10th, and go. according yeah. to. Um, 
Mandy Simpson's spreadsheet, I'm number yes. 120. So I wow. quite like that. Though yeah. I would have, it should really be 150 because my, my number plate has got 150 in the number plate. <laughs> so where to from here? I mean, I know that today you're on your way back to Auckland, but in bigger terms, can you see yourself buying another Tesla in the future? or what? Would um, you... Well, I, I bought this as a long-term car, and, you know, that's why I bought full self-driving at the time and to be honest I was a bit naive I didn't really understand what it was all about but I didn't understand that um, I thought it was coming and it was good to um, uh, it would get better over time Um, I wasn't expecting it to take quite so long but it is kind of a complex issue so I can understand that so I do I do kind of wish that the full self driving went with me not with the car because I I think that as a I as a early adopter I'm helped support the development of the, yeah, the software so, so it does sort of it's I, a bit odd that I, I absolutely don't... agree with that I think I, I hope that what will happen there is that perhaps you will get the opportunity to switch to a subscription model because you know given that you've already paid for full self-driving hopefully you can transfer over to um, well somehow having access to that in another vehicle yeah I, but I, 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 I don't really complain I mean I was I, I bought early enough that I have premium connectivity for free um, right. So yes. I, I do, I have had some some Benefit. benefits yeah. from being a yeah. from being an early adopter. Though I yeah. must say I don't play any of the games. On the <laughs> <laughs> I tend to read magazines and things at charges and not not play games. But, I still haven't got around to most of them either. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that new space one because that yeah. looks quite eighties, and I'm yeah. I'm a product of the eighties, so I, I like those games. Is there anything you'd change on your car, Mary? Is there anything that you'd uh, you'd, uh, you'd change another time around? No, I don't think so. I I I really enjoy the fact that it keeps like changing all the time, and yes. you know, I, it, the f- people were complaining about the new the new user interface, and I yes. think when we get full self driving, we get a whole new 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 interface. Um, but it doesn't take you very long to get used to no. used to all that. Though it, I do. I do find sometimes it's really annoying when you do the software update. You have to go back and check that all your settings haven't changed because sometimes things oh. flick off. Oh yes, and um, yes. Uh, I think that's that's a uh, a trick people have to realise because sometimes you know like Centimo gets turn, turn off, off and yeah. you just assume it's on and all yes. sorts of other bits and pieces. So yeah, it's a good tip that actually because uh, I was driving around with non-sport steering for a while and I thought to myself one day I'm sure this isn't sort of feeling the same as it used to and I found that uh, yeah with an update my, my steering setting had changed without me noticing so yeah I, I agree yeah yeah so the, the, there's, a, yeah. there's a few tricks no I, I really enjoy driving the car and I like I uh, I've driven to Wellington like three times now um, the last trip I went um, I caught up with some of the Tesla folks in, in Wellington and I must say I, I um, Rob Burney kind of organized a little event sort of because I said oh have you got any events coming up and he sort of organized some so Rob, thank you Rob yes Rob's um, a fantastic balanced sort yeah. of person he if there's anybody that can collect together a group of disparate yes. people it's probably yeah like but Rob. it was really nice because <laughs> I've got there are lots of people that I that I know through Facebook yes so that was air quotes for those people on the podcast um, <laughs> that I know and I know all sorts of details about where they live and where they drive and what car they drive and what modifications that they've done but I've never actually met them so, <laughs> so it was actually nice um, I met yes. Rob and a, a few of the other Wellington folks at, um, at that, that meet up which was on a very cold day in Petone but it was it was really nice to to meet people so yeah I've done I, I really enjoyed driving the car and I, I I don't and now I'm like oh 
oh well I'm, I need to go to Wellington to do this workshop oh I think I'll drive and I'll go and visit my cousin in New Plymouth on the well, way yes. and, and all those kind of things so. so gosh yes a lot of good points there so not only about a car that you can do a lot of kilometres in but also the community of people that you can meet along the way and I guess that's what brings us here today but um, how many kilometres in yours now? Uh, just about to hit 30 I think okay yeah yep. yeah my, uh, of course, uh, yeah, I, I travel over to Hamilton and back quite often. I still do some work over there, so I tend to go over yeah. back once a week. I, I think in terms of long trips, I haven't uh, done as many as you, but uh, I guess that's one uh, question. Have you been to the South Island much? No, I haven't. I have never taken it on the ferry yet. So it's all been North Island. I've, I've been to Wellington and I've been to Hawke's Bay and obviously I've to Coromandel a lot. Um, but uh, no, I haven't, haven't made it on the, on the ferry yet, but... Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, to, and I, I think to too that the because um, I have just have a single range plus, so I don't have the long range, and you know a lot of people are uh, you know getting anxiety about things, but I well. I don't really have. Um, much drama about that at all because yeah. I tend to drink cups of tea yes. in the car and so therefore I need to stop for bathroom breaks and so I just <laughs> plan plan oh. my um, my charging trips around places that I need to stop and, and do anything like that so I, I think it's it's the charge net um, network is amazing and um, the hyperchargers I really think are going to really change the game for lots of people. Yes, I think if we compared our, our distances we'd find that you and I would have very little difference in terms of the, the range we'd get out of the car. I mean I typically get about 300, sort of 350, um, as little as 300 in the winter and as, and as much as 430 in the in the summer is what I get from this car. And so when I'm on a long trip I, I have to sort of factor it around being about 350 kilometres, which is not really any different to what you have in the standard No, but that, also on my last trip to Wellington, which was just um, uh, in July, um, I the cold made a huge difference yes, and yes. and um, uh, a couple of places that I was staying I, I was you know obviously parked on the side of the street and, and it was a, a particularly um, cold week that week and yeah the amount of, of, of loss was was quite quite yeah. um, dramatic and um, yeah. so I did I did really notice um, the cold really affecting. Yes things and that wasn't something that I had you know living in Auckland the cold is not a factor no, for yes. me so that that yeah, so it was the desert road desert two degrees sea outside snow on the ground yeah it definitely makes a difference yeah, yeah and it, you know yeah. I, I also am not I'm not doing the John Fitness approach of trying to get 124 or whatever his, oh, he's his a magic. legend I know yeah. he is a legend <laughs> I think I think mine's like 151 I oh, think right. about yes. average which is yeah. but I use the air conditioning and heating yeah. and other bits and pieces shall we check mine so yeah. driving up here from Papamara I've done 175 it's not very good I find driving around town I get about 145 and overall I've done 174 so yeah that's for, for the performance model on the sticky tires I think that's probably a good result yeah I mean yeah, it's I, but you know, I I think sometimes that when I'm talking to people about electric vehicles, you know, they're like, oh, but they're so expensive to buy, and you're like, but they're so cheap to run. I uh, can't. Yeah, you know. I don't think people have understood that yet. Have yeah, they? no, um, I think that's a that's a really um, you know, like I've done 
um, well, I've had a couple of punctures. I've had bad luck like you. I think you said the other day yes. you had had four. Yes. I've, I've had I've had <laughs> three. Um, uh, but, you know, in Auckland, there's a lot of construction and a lot of nails on the road. So yes. that, that's to be expected. Yes. Uh, and I've done two wheel alignments. So my, my dad instilled in me wheel alignments are so critical. So. They help to get the value from what are expensive tyres. Yeah, I, I so agree with that. I think each year is probably a good idea to spend the 50 or $60 to get a wheel alignment done just so that you know that you've extended the life of your tyres. It's all about reducing the waste, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, throwing away yeah. tyres is probably not very good for the environment. Yeah, either. and where I get my um, um, wheel alignment done um, at Haslip's and yes. Amua, which is a, they do a lot of um, things for Tesla, so yes. he's he really knows what he's doing, and so he uh, he's helped people get tyres and things, so I really trust Gavin, and he's a really good guy. So I've yeah. done that, and then windscreen washer fluid. And you know, and on my, my, my Subaru, my last car, and my, my average service was like, you know, six or $700 by the time yes. you added in all the right. fluids and, and yes. you know, spark plugs and all that kind of stuff. So, well, yeah. I, used to, I used to do all my own servicing, and that amazing green car that I had, um, with a similar amount of power to this car, it cost me over two thousand dollars a year on average yeah. in, in looking after it. So I, I think when one takes into account the performance on offer, that the you know the running costs and servicing are amazing. And and, and I think we, we just electric vehicle just makes so much more sense from an engineering point of view. It's the best way of solving the problem. A lot of people think that oh the battery is very heavy, and oh making the battery causes a lot of harm to the environment. Well. No, I don't think they're seeing the bigger picture. I don't think they're seeing the harm that's done in transporting oil around the world and, and refining it and all those other you know considerations but, over the life cycle of the car. And the efficiency of the fuel that, yes. that is going in. Like if you're yes. using petrol, it's actually very inefficient because yes. also yes. much of it is lost yes. as heat. And also, you know, there's plans for recycling of the batteries. So the yes. battery, yes, yes. We, the batteries have been made, but once they are finished in the car, yeah. then they're going to go to be like power walls or some other kind yeah, of structure. They, I think that's... Exactly. The batteries will be, you know, able to be reused. They won't last forever, but nothing in this world really does last forever, unfortunately. It is difficult to see a, a future in which we have a you know, uh, such a durable device that it will that it will last forever. I mean, a lot of cars get written off because of accident damage. So, yeah, you know, there, there's always going to be some wastage. But I think certainly an electric vehicle is just an obvious solution for for a lot of us, and, and even those of us that do you know quite a lot of kilometres and uh, have four people to to transport. Yes. Now, on that subject, I guess everybody's waiting for you, so yes. I'd probably better let you go. Uh, I really appreciate your thoughts today and, and these perspectives, which, as you say, bring some balance to the podcast. So it's been really valuable having you here, Mary. So thank you so much for spending time. My pleasure. Thank you, Mary, for catching up with Alex. And yes, please, we need more and more interviews with those people we see on the social media groups but know so little about. If you are happy to share your story, then please contact Martin at allthatstesla.nz or Alex at allthatstesla.nz and arrange a time to catch up with one of us. If you prefer to support the podcast to stay commercial-free but still pay for our annual file storage, then a few dollars a month at patreon.com slash allthatstesla will help us out a lot. Thank you to Arlo and Cecilia who have joined that prestigious group. Others have chosen to make a donation to cover a year's worth of monthly koha, and that saves a few percent in our fees too. Whatever the case, 
we will give you early access to all the episodes, usually stretching months into the future. In the meantime, don't get a fright if one of us says hello at a supercharger. Drive safely and keep sharing those friendly waves with other EV owners. We are doing a good job there as those waves are already increasing in proportion according to the social media statistical analysis we have access to.